0: Welcome to the Monterey Marriages Podcast. My name is Joey Drumright. I've been married for 17 years to my amazing wife, Erin. Joining me today, as always, is Dr. 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 Dane Eggleston, who's been married for five years to his wife, Kaylee. Be clear, I uh, only have, have one doc-
1: PhD, not three.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Though I think you're smart enough to have three, Dane. Doctor. Oh, thank Dane. you. I don't know about that. Yeah. Uh, Also joining us is Dawn Conright, who's been married for 11 years to her husband, James. And as always, our marriage guru, Gina Robinson, who has been married for 30 years to her husband, Eric. And they have all the answers for us, including a biscuit (laughs) recipe that makes marriage go. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, just a reminder, please do uh, email us. Let us know what feedback, topics, things you want to hear about. You can do that at MontereyMarriages at gmail.com. Again, for feedback and topics, please do email us. Today, we are finishing our two-part episode on the Enneagram. If you have not listened to part one, I encourage you to stop here, go back, listen to that episode first, then jump back into this one. Uh, We're going to be spending some time talking about uh, how we see the Enneagram playing out in our own marriages. So, the four of us that are here, our numbers, as well as uh, we have a special guest with us who is going to be Ryan and Shelby Hands that will join us a little bit later on. Uh, and they're going to be talking about uh, the intentional application of the Enneagram in their marriage, how they uh, learned about the Enneagram, and how much it has significantly impacted their marriage uh, and for both of them, their lives as a whole, uh, in relationships, friendships, work, things of that nature. And so, uh, we're going to have them on with us in a little bit. But we're going to go ahead and jump into our questions for the four of us today. We're jumping off of talking to Keegan last week, and uh, and we didn't, even though we kind of talked about our numbers a little bit, we just kind of identified what we were let's kind of start there and go back around and what is what is your number what do you think uh what if you know if your spouse knows their number how they identify and then how has that had any impact on your marriage and so gina let's let's start with you
2: okay um i do not know exactly what my number is and i keep (laughs) i I i've downloaded the book i want to go through it but i have not had time Uh, i think i'm probably i don't know i want to say a two or a nine which may mean that I'm a nine since I cannot pick it out, but Eric is definitely a five. It has impacted our marriage. I would say much. We did Myers-Briggs. We're old. We're the, Mm -hmm. you know, we did that back when we were doing our premarital counseling. I think it's much the same in that it helped us to understand where we were coming from and why certain things were triggers for us. that were bothering Mm -hmm. us that we were running to, head you know head to head on and we were able to laugh about it later even identify it in the moment I think we're going to talk about that later but it helped me to it helped us each to have compassion and understanding uh, for the other person in that moment because they're coming at it from a whole different way mm. and once I understood that it was so helpful it wasn't their fault. That's just the way they were. And it wasn't my fault because that's just the way I am. That's the way I think. And Mm -hmm. so it was really helpful to us. And I think the Enneagram is much the same. I, I want us to go ahead and go through this book and work all that out, but I think it will be helpful too.
1: Dane, what do you think? What about for you guys? Yeah. So I am a nine and Kaylee is also a nine, uh, (laughs) which is is funny. I think Keegan said on the last podcast that he always jokes that Kaylee and I have never had an argument, um, which is, which is not
0: true at all. Um,
2: Because you hate conflict.
0: Right. Well, yeah, man, we do. Um, I got to be honest with you, Dane. I got to be honest. Uh I really would love you to record one of your arguments just so we can hear what that sounds like for two nines to argue. Because I mean, I'm an eight. So (laughs) I I, want to know what that sounds like. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's kind of weird. And the first time I saw Kaylee angry, it freaked me out because she's such a, like a calm person. She's just very steady. And so the Mm -hmm. first time I saw her get upset, I was shocked. Part of her personality comes out with me than more so than it does with anyone else. Like she's, Mm -hmm. Kaylee's comfortable with me. So she's not afraid to be more assertive.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. do that with anyone else but it's not a bad thing and I used to always tell her family this that it means that she's comfortable with me and I like that like that Mm -hmm. means that she's being honest and genuine and so even if it's hard and if we have a conflict she's at least being real with me and I I value that and so but yeah so we're so we're both nines and so it's kind of funny because um we are both slothful at times and we both have trouble (laughs) get you know like (laughs) feeling motivated to do something. So like a lot of times if there's stuff around our house that we have to do, we both like, we struggle to do it. We, we struggle to get something going. So like the other day, for example, we had to uh, clear out our garage because we needed to have some space to park one of our cars in there. And this has been something we've needed to do for two months because we've been in this house for two months and we just haven't done it. And the other day I was like, okay, we really need to get this done. And so I like started doing it and Kaylee was hesitant at first, but then she, she helped me a little bit and did what she needed to most of it was stuff. I, I was, I had to do anyway, but it just takes us forever to get stuff going, but it is kind of funny because it's a very real part of our relationship. Um, but it is pretty steady most of the time, but we do have conflicts sometimes too.
2: So now I want to say I'm a nine.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you <go>. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah.
0: Nines are fun. But, well, it makes me wonder on the other side, if somebody's a nine and somebody is a three or, an, yeah. or, or a two, even for that matter, how those interact with, you know, one's motivating the other one to get moving or is frustrated because the other one's having a hard time getting moving. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's a real thing. It really is. And like, even with stuff I don't want to do, like, okay, like my dissertation for my PhD, it'll take me forever to get started on writing, just, it was just so hard for me. And once I got going, I could sit there and work forever, but it will take me an hour sometimes and I'll just waste time until I got the motivation to work. It's
0: ridiculous, <laughs> very, very irritating. <laughs> Don, what about you and Scooter?
3: So I'm also a nine, um, <laughs> nice. I, however, I will also say, I see myself in like a little bit of all of them too. Um, for sure. Um, all the good qualities, of course, of all of them.
0: Um,
3: <laughs> practically <laughs>
0: perfect in every way.
3: That yes, I have a Mary Poppins bag. I pull things. No. Um. So I and so Scooter is a eight, and he's not really a personality test kind of guy. So I kind of had to like sneak some of those questions in like hey man like this book is so good you know what do you think of this and like so some of the questions that came with eights I knew this is you but I wasn't going to put that on him because I'm a nine and I was afraid that it was going to upset him so I kind of just offered my (laughs) services and so um he he kind of like caught on and he was like oh yeah that's definitely me so now we kind of joke about it um and I think because he's a nine and that's more of a assertive um, type of personality and he's going to say what he wants and he's going to, you know, be very matter of fact about it. And I'm the peacekeeper, even though he says it, and I'm kind of like, oof, I will, I kind of keep the peace. And I, even am that person between him and my kids, sometimes like him and Braylon, mm-hmm. I'm like, hold on. Like your dad loves you. We need to like, this is what he really means by some of these things. Cause some of the things that he says are kind of harsh. And so I feel like I'm, I am the peacekeeper in my family. I'm the peacekeeper whenever it comes to interactions with my mom and him and like some of those things, because I understand him and I understand where he's coming from. And I kind of play that nine card in the middle where I want everybody to be happy um, and I want everybody to get along. And um, so I feel like that understanding that and him understanding that kind of helps us relate to each other and then the world around us, you know, as we go into the world together, I also want to say about nines. I think we're the ones like whenever people say, "What do you want to eat?" and we say we don't care. We really don't care. We really (laughs) want everybody to be happy about where we're eating. (laughs) More (laughs) important than what you eat. Yes. Oh my
0: goodness. Okay, can can I can I speak to that from an eights perspective of we don't care? (laughs) That is the worst response for us. It is (laughs) so drives us crazy. (laughs) On. on James's behalf, James, if you ever listen to this, God bless you, my friend. I'm I'm right there beside you.
3: He really and does. That's all I'm gonna say. He really does. I know. When I say that.
0: I, he does. Oh, it drives me because crazy too.
3: I'm usually the one that goes to get food and I'm like, what do you want? And he'll, he'll say whatever. And um, then I'll be like, well, I went to like four different places because I wanted, Braylon wanted this and Casey <laughs> wanted this. And I knew you wouldn't eat in those places. So I went to this place too. And. One night I'll call him and be like, hey, will you pick up on the way home? He gets one place. He goes yeah. home. Like, everybody has the same thing.
1: But, but as a nine, you don't mind back. doing that, right? You don't, don't mind going to all the I wouldn't either.
3: Happy. I don't yeah. care. Everybody's happy. <laughs> everybody, I, I would be mad if somebody went and got food and it was somewhere I didn't want to go. So... I should make everybody happy and go everywhere.
0: So one time I, uh, Aaron, Aaron said, I'm not hungry. I don't care what we do for dinner. You guys get whatever you want to get. And so I was like, okay. So I was working out with the kids and it was, man, it was, a, it was an argument. It was a battle because everybody wanted something different. One wanted this, one wanted that. And the other one's like, that's gross. I don't want that. And we're going back and forth. And Aaron, and I sat there and I was like, are you sure you don't want anything, Aaron? She was like, no, I, I don't care. I don't want anything. And so we're going back and forth, and she goes, "Why don't y'all just get so and so, so and so?" And I go, and, and the kids were like, "No, I don't want this, or I don't want that, or everything." And I go, "What? Why? Why are you talking about this? You don't care, and you don't want anything. Do not speak into this. Let me take care of this." <laughs> and it was so funny to watch because she was like, "She, I mean, and I, and I, she doesn't know what her number is, and I, I, I there's nine in there somewhere." two for sure, somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. And then she would even say a one is somewhere in the mix of this. And so she, she doesn't mind crazy, but I, I tend to be a peacekeeper in many ways, oddly enough. Um, when it comes to things, I, I step into that, but I've adapted to where now, if they say, uh, Hey, you know, I don't, I don't want this. I'll go, okay, we'll go there for you. And we'll go there for you, but I'm not doing more than two places. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'll limit, yeah. I'll limit. I have enough of that one. I'll limit, but I'll adapt. I've adapted to that because I know it keeps the peace and everybody tends to be happy at that point. Yeah.
1: Well, I bet that's part of your, your nine wing, right? Since you're an eight, you can just go yeah. over. to Yeah. Yeah. Nine wing yeah. It, like
0: yeah. That. And that, that's where that falls in. I just adapted to learn to do that. Why? Because my, my wife would actually argue, not argue. That's not the right word. She would just keep going until they found a place. And
4: mm-hmm. then
0: she would compromise everything herself <laughs> to go. Okay, we found a place. I don't care if I get anything. I'm going here to get food for them. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So,
1: so this is funny for Kaylee and I because uh, since we're both nines, both of us don't care <laughs> a lot <of> times <laughs> And so, and and I was reading about this on the Enneagram Institute because they have, they do have that those pages where it talks about like two mm-hmm. numbers and their compatibility, right? And I was reading about this earlier, and it said that. Most nine couples tend to go to the same restaurant or the same vacation spot over and over again once they have something that they like. And that's so true for us because, like, if we're going out for a date night, we don't know where else to go. We'll just go to Orlando's every time, even though we go there all the time. That's, like, where we go to every time. Or like Rio Dosso. If we go on a weekend trip, we go there. It's just, like, a go-to.
0: and <laughs> We never really
1: mix it up, which is just kind of funny for us. It's just very consistent. But it is
0: a struggle for us to find where figure out where to eat sometimes. Do you know what else does that? Kids. yeah kids <laughs> kids will force you to go to the same places over and over again because it's like they like it, I don't <laughs> care. We're good like dane, you've you've actually given me. I've asked you before, tell me places y'all go to eat. And you've given me a list because I got, we got so stuck in the Mm -hmm. same places over and over again. I'm like, we need new date night places. I have no idea where to go because for the last 15 years, we've been going to (laughs) Chick-fil-A, Roses and Chipotle. I mean, that's where we've been going for the last 15 (laughs) years. So I need new places to go to. Well, we're going to have a little fun today. Uh, We got people on here with us. They're going to come up next. And so let's, let's jump over and invite our friends into this conversation. Uh, We have a special treat for us and uh, thus on the show. And for our listeners, we have two guests joining us today, Ryan and Shelby Hands. Uh, Welcome to the Monterey Marriages podcast. you guys say hello for us? Hello.
5: Nice to be here, Joey. (laughs)
0: Well, thanks for being here. Thanks for taking the time to meet with us today and kind of share a little bit about uh, the Enneagram, a little bit about how it's shaped your marriage. And so just to kind of give us a little bit of information about you guys, kind of tell us uh, how long have you guys been married? How many kids you have? How old they are? Things of that nature.
4: We've been married for eight years. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. Eight years ago. And we have two kids, a four and a five-year-old that you might get to hear in the background.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the best was, part is <laughs> we, we do this by Zoom and I love watching kids running by in the background. Yeah.
4: yeah, she ran by and said, "I have to go potty."
0: She
5: wants it every time she has to potty. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, you guys have used the enneagram in your marriage uh, intentionally from what I understand. I, I I haven't you and I we haven't had a whole lot of conversation. Gina pretty much had all the conversation with you guys I about this. Well, um, you guys have used it in your marriage intentionally. And so kind of tell us, how were you guys introduced to the Enneagram?
4: So I was introduced to it, um, at a girl's, um, Bible study group. And it was kind of the typical thing that you hear, just taking the test and not liking or understanding my results. Um, Mm -hmm. so that was probably, um, seven years ago and, Um, then a year after that, the road back to you book, it just kept, I can't remember when that book came out, but around that time I kept seeing that book everywhere. And Mm. so that I got the book and I had, I remembered my number from that initial test, but I didn't the initial, um, description just didn't fit. I didn't really Mm. get it. Um, so I went through the book and Sure enough, I did test correctly um, and oh, wow. those. Uh reading all of those in more detail um, and just at a better time for me to read it, it was all correct. And I am an Enneagram four. That's what I that's the most I complicated am. number. Uh, <laughs> 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 most special is what we like to hear. Yeah. It's most <laughs> um, it's like
5: a Rubik's cube of <laughs>
4: cube. <complexity. laughs>
2: Okay. Congratulations, Ryan.
0: (laughs) You won the lottery. Yeah.
4: So, okay. So I had tried to get after I really got into it and, you know, found so much. um, I related to it so much. I tried to get Ryan to take the test, but he hates taking um, personality tests because he they're never they're never right um they always come up
5: inconclusive
4: or or he'll get something an answer and like no i've never met that person that is not you it's just (laughs) he doesn't ever it doesn't ever fit so i we were on a road trip and i got him trapped in the car and uh and you know get tested him and then we read through the stuff whenever he couldn't escape and
0: well Thanks.
4: done. Uh, <laughs> found out he was a nine, which it, that's one of the things it says. Is like you can see everybody's point of view. You can, you don't really know who you are, and we're like, mm-hmm. aha. that's why you've never um, tested. Personality anything.
5: tests no, I, I think that's why. Historically, whichever one I, any test I take, it's like inconclusive. We, yeah, the test comes back is we don't know what you are. Congratulations. Anyways, but yeah, it has been thank goodness she did because it's been just crazy beneficial for me in my life, in my career, um, friendships, and then our marriage. So um it's just been fantastic.
0: Well, kind of tell us about that. I mean, and, and I'm not not stuck on just the marriage side of it, because you said it it impacted so many different areas of your life for both of y'all tell us a little bit about that and we'll get into your marriage in just a moment but the other parts too I'll give a,
5: a, a 10,000 foot overview um, and she can dive into more detail but turns out the nine in the four actually let me preface this by saying we did not have a great dating relationship it is actually not, not fun
4: <laughs> <It was. laughs>
5: It was like one of those deals where we both, we loved each other. We liked each other. Um, we knew we wanted to be with each other. But our there...
4: stressors and triggers are perfectly designed to destroy the other one. Yes. And, we... <laughs> and so awesome.
5: we just had a terrible dating relationship. And honestly, not a great first couple of years of marriage until this Enneagram thing was discovered by Shondy. Because yeah apparently nines and fours are the biggest clashing numbers well, yeah. on the spectrum.
4: It, but there's a on the Enneagram Institute there's a thing where you can like see how your combinations, how they may work together And I know it says like any healthy number can work with any healthy number well, like we probably just weren't very healthy but it, <laughs> it does say that in, the, in when on the Enneagram Institute <laughs> website it's like, it's like, it's going to be tough. It's going to be, it might be challenging for you. Yeah. It, it was. we.
5: But we've identified our numbers. Mm-hmm. I understand. Well, like I said, fours are very complicated. But Thank you. I I understand whenever she, I understand her needs a lot more now. And mm-hmm. she understands mine and what my stressors are. And we have just used that.
4: And how we react in stress is like. The So how we are natural, how we naturally react in stress is totally the opposite. And what we do in stress is like the other one's trigger. So Mm -hmm. I can explain that a little bit. Like um, in stress, we both tend to withdraw, but um, I have big emotions. I have big feelings and I can immediately express the tiny detail of the feeling that I'm feeling and um, he needs a minute or several <laughs> minutes withdraws and whenever I'm, you know, when, before we realize this about each other, when I'm bubbling up with emotion and words, he withdraws even more and shuts down. Uh, Fours and me in particular have a fear of abandonment um, and that's, so I take his shutting down as, or I used to take his shutting down as I'm too much. You don't love me. All of those things. And he takes my, um, going crazy with all of the big feelings as, well, I mean, sometimes it is too much and it's too much for him to process in the moment. And he reacts in fear and, um, literally can't give back to me in that moment and so learning those things about each other I was able to see he literally just needs a minute like it's not he has mm. to have a minute he cannot process what I'm saying or feeling and I have to give him some time and he's been able to realize um how he withdraws is very important for mm. my part and mm-hmm. um how I view how he's feeling about me in that moment
0: yeah yeah
4: I mean we it was just a cycle that we couldn't get off of um, because the more the more unloved and abandoned I feel the crazier crazier (laughs) I acted the crazier he perceived me you know the more he withdraws and abandons and Mm -hmm. we just could not get off of that cycle for a a long time that's
5: why going back like our just this was happening during our dating relationship. Whenever she would get, you know, worked up, I would perceive it as crazy. Like, well, you said the word, I not me. <laughs> I was just repeating.
4: <laughs> I had to go to a lot of therapy,
5: okay? <laughs> I still do. Do you see the way she looked at me when I said...
4: Well, when I call myself was, crazy.
0: But yeah. <laughs> it hurts a little. <laughs> so it's okay for her to say it but ryan you can't say it yeah
5: it's like
4: (laughs) hard to understand about that
5: for for those for those who are listening like if you said yourself you were fat and i was like yeah you kind of are i get it okay
4: (laughs) that was an example
0: (laughs) great okay that is That That, that right there's that right. There's our stinger right there for for when we start, you know, it's just the first thing we're going to put up. There's that statement right there.
5: I hope that helps paint a picture um, of how it has been extremely beneficial to us.
4: And we also another thing that says in here, I was just rereading that little snippet on that, um, where it combines the two numbers, kind of how you work together. And another thing that we didn't realize at the time is we both just are very independent people and we need our own space and Mm -hmm. both of us equally I would say like we love quality time but you know we we, I had this idea of what a couple or a married couple looked like was supposed to look like in um doing all of these things together and just our personality Mm -hmm. our nature is we just I need my space, he needs his space. And so we've been able to find those things that we can do together that we connect, but it's not something that's forced. And then we allow each other those, you know, friends and hobbies and things to do on our own too, because we do just withdraw naturally. Um, And so having some healthier ways to get that alone time and um, do things on our own has really helped me Mm -hmm. too. Sure.
0: If I can say something and, and y'all can tell me if I'm saying this incorrectly, don't let me put words in your mouth by any means. One of the things I heard you saying is that uh, for, this sounds like about, you know, four ish years for you guys, both dating and then a couple years being married. Um, you guys, I'm, I'm sure you tried different things, like tried different tools. But one of the biggest things for y'all was when you began to understand why you did what you did, it's not even, Hey, go try this, go try that. One of the the biggest things that I think at least I've, I've run across in marriage is when you begin to understand why the other person does what they do, the understanding part of why they do what they do, not just here's a tool, go do it, but is understand it first. If you can understand it, then you can react and act the way you need to in order to help support one another. Am I saying that fairly?
4: I think that's so true for us yeah. because like I said I mean he he's the processing for him it's not that he 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 has to have those moments to go process it wasn't that, that was a wrong thing it was I had to understand he's not doing that to be hurtful he just has to have that right minute and he had to understand how to do that in a respectful and loving way to me. Yeah. And so we weren't the we weren't necessarily doing a lot of things wrong. We just mm-hmm. didn't understand why the other one was doing that to each
0: other. I think that's a really important thing for the listeners to know is that it's the understanding why we do what we do that really does shape how we can then react or act to support them and to be supported in the same way. And so I think that's, that's fabulous stuff right there.
5: You, you know, you go to a marriage seminar or you read something online and it's like 10 tools 10 steps to a better marriage and Mm -hmm. you're okay i can see how that would work i understand why that would work and then you never do it
2: or or Mm -hmm. you try it but it doesn't work because you don't understand where the other ones
5: and then this yeah and then this this tool i guess you could call it a tool depends on how you Mm -hmm. it can be a tool if you use it i guess We understood each other's numbers and it's actually comical. Whenever you're reading, whenever you're reading numbers and it's just so funny because it's when you know your number, it's like, yeah, that's us. That's me.
4: And it took away, it took away the hurt and maybe replaced it with a little more levity to like, sure, we can Mm. laugh instead of just angry. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, that's true.
5: So you understand it and whenever you're reading the descriptions you're like oh this is it could not be more correct mm-hmm. and so I was way more willing to try it or we mm-hmm. were way more willing to try it and then once you did try it you're like okay that works mm-hmm. I get mm-hmm. it and we have repeated it mm-hmm. all the, I mean yeah, no, we, we, fail, so- we fail sometimes
4: but we come um, back to- we
5: always come back to it
0: excellent What advice would you give for others uh, seeking to enhance their marriages using the Enneagram?
4: Be willing to use the tool. I mean, Mm -hmm. and and like kind of the stuff we've said is you already, if you're married, hopefully you love this person. Like you love them (laughs) and you don't want, no one wants to be on this crazy cycle, this um, cycle that you can't get off of. And so putting in the work to have compassion for the other person That was probably the biggest thing that the Enneagram did for me with Ryan. It was just our brains work completely oppositely of each other. Like we just, we do not think the same way at all. And having compassion for him that it's, he just thinks differently than I do. And his needs are just as important as mine, but completely different. It helped me to not take everything so
1: personally well I'm wondering too like so obviously so as, as a marriage therapist I work with couples all the time and I lately I've been trying to figure out how to how to apply this more to um to couples therapy to help couples learn about more about their partner but was it difficult for you to to I guess own up to some things that maybe you didn't like about yourself was that was that a hard thing for you to do to to have that insight and then Come to come to terms with some of those things.
4: No, it wasn't for me because I don't know if this is a number related or just me as a person. But um, like all the bad stuff about myself, like I already know, like I know. But it was, <laughs> it was to have a reason and to yeah. have. Yeah. Um, and I will just say too, this all happened at the same time that I was just going to a lot of therapy and counseling. So all, some of this is just kind of mixed in together, mm-hmm. but, sure. um, like I was already very aware of my shortcomings, but just having, um, words to, um, put behind why I was acting the way I was acting was actually a comfort. And it was, it helped me, um, have more compassion for myself and then be able to have some tools to do something about it. Cause that was more of the place I was in. I knew I was not, um, Feeling and acting the way I wanted to but I didn't know what to do about it but that, how did you feel did you feel like it was hard to own up to no not at
5: all it is it's very comforting knowing why I am the way I am like like for me as a nine what are we the lazy ones or- <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're slothful yeah, it was. The, um, the, uh, I'm
4: crazy. He's lazy.
5: <laughs> the thing about nines. It's uh, slow to move. You,
4: you slow. You, yeah, you're slow to get started, and then you taper off.
5: Yeah, then I taper off. And <laughs> and once I realized, like this, I can be healthy. And what healthy nines move towards threes, which are the achievers, right? Achievers. Yeah, that's right. But it made me there's a lot of comfort in knowing like whenever I would get onto myself for being lazy, because I'm not a lazy person, but it, it is really hard for me to get going. And I always had like this low level shame about it. Hmm. Knowing that I'm a nine. It just it's it's not an excuse to be lazy, but whenever you're feeling slothful or whatever, it's it's comforting. Yeah,
1: it explains
5: mm-hmm. why you why you act that way. Yeah, it's so hard. You know, because you see threes and I'm like, you know, they just are just, you know, on it all the time, going hard, um, super ambitious.
2: They make um, me so tired. And mm-hmm. what? <laughs> they make me so tired.
5: Make me so tired thinking about it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and and he has been told by a theory that um, basically he just needs to get get going. Like it's yeah. not any, and so I think what that's, I remember whenever we read that together and you were like, okay, I want to get going, but I, it's hard, it's just harder <laughs> it's for so me. so hard for me. <laughs> <laughs>
5: uh,
4: another interesting thing that I forgot to say is we have this really interesting um, family dynamic that, So I'm a four and in stress, I go to kind of the unhealthy side of a two. And my mom, is a two and I hope she doesn't hear this, but she has mainly been an unhealthy two for most of my life. And when mm. Ryan goes, is in stress, he goes to a, the unhealthy side of the six and his dad is a six. And so mm. we can, and it's like one of those funny things, like you're acting like your mom or you're acting like your dad, but like we literally literally do really good for us to have that very yeah. um, obvious example of like, Okay, I am acting like a martyr, and that's because I'm feeling stressed, and that's what I how I grew up um, with my mom acting is like I do all of this stuff, but nobody yeah. cares about me, and I feel that way. But realizing, okay, I'm stressed. Like that was a huge thing of just like I, it's, I'm not a bad person. I'm just stressed out. She'll right even now.
5: do that in the moment or a few minutes after you kind of. Um, be get crazy. Get angry. Get crazy. Yeah. He said, <laughs> uh, a, few, a few minutes later, after I withdraw because I'm a nine, uh, she will come up to me and she'll say, I'm being a martyr mm-hmm. and I'm mm-hmm. sorry.
4: It, so it's like, just she so knows awful. because mm-hmm.
5: that's an in of them
4: And same yeah. with you and your dad. Like, he's able to, there's things about his dad that drives him absolutely crazy. And when he's stressed, it's like, Everything's the worst. The sky's falling, and it's gonna fall on him. And just this super negative mentality. And it's been really helpful to see, like, okay, I'll
5: I like don't, identify it in the yeah, moment. Sometimes, yeah, that's been helpful for I'd us. Be like, oh, I'm acting like so and so.
0: Well, hey, thank y'all uh, for taking the time to speak with us, uh, Ryan and Shelby. Uh, the treasure trove of information you gave us is amazing. Is excellent. Thank you so much for taking that time. Uh, to do that with us. We always try to take some time to uh, think of a challenge or takeaway for you guys. And we could try to come up with another one for this week compared to the first half of the Enneagram podcasts we're doing. But really, ultimately, what you're going to find is the best thing you can do is go read that book uh, possibly take the test, but take the test after you have a little bit of an idea of what the numbers mean. Uh, and go to enneagraminstitute.com. Go there and read about your numbers, read about how these numbers combine when you're, if you're two different numbers or if you're the same number. Uh, you'll get to find more information about how to interact. And uh, the most important thing you can do is try to understand why they do what they do, why they act or react the way they do, so that then you can get out of what Shelby said the crazy cycle. So uh, with that in mind, just want to say thank you to Dawn, to Dane, Gina. Thank you all for spending time here also. And also just another shout out to the Hanses for taking time to speak with us today and give us uh, an amazing insight into their marriage in the Enneagram. So as always, we want to say thank you to our listeners and uh, that we are always prayerful about what it is that God's doing in your marriages and hopeful that anything we do here speaks at least something small into your marriage that you can use, a tool, and understanding, uh, and we continue to pray for your marriages. So thank you for listening. And as always, fight naked.